This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Dan Loney. Well, most of us that use a smartphone or a tablet or some other device we carry around with us understand that having the charging cord or two of them or even three of them at, t- at times is a necessary evil because until someone develops a battery that's going to last three or four weeks, we're going to have this dilemma. But wouldn't it be great to not have to carry around all of those cords and rely on something less aggravating? Well, that time is probably here. Penn professor Rahul Mangaram is in the Department of Electrical and Systems Engineering in the School of Engineering and Applied Science here at Penn, and he believes that this is the case because a number of companies are trying to develop wireless charging technology. Some of them may even have them, have them out there right now. And Rahul joins us here in the studios. Great to have you here in our in our nice little palace that we have here at the Wharton School. Great to be here. How far along is the concept of wireless charging? I mean, I've seen companies that have them out there. They maybe are not the most economical for them, but in terms of the actual technology, how far along is it? So the technology is here. I mean, the technology is ready to be used. It's there are commercial. You know, there's a lot of commercial activity at the retail level with this technology. But if we take a step back, you can think about this. What we call as wireless charging today is actually inductive charging, mm-hmm. where you're charging, um, you're, you're you're using a high frequency current from your charging mat, so mm-hmm. to speak, and that's creating an mag- electromagnetic field. And so now, if you place your phone on top of the mat. That magnetic field is getting captured by the antenna in the phone, but that's a special antenna just for the charger, and that's converted back to a DC current that is then charging up the battery in your phone. Right. So that's a very it's it's become quite mainstream today. But if we go back to the basic idea of magnetic induction, and that's the way the power is being transferred from the mat to the device, it goes back all the way to 1831 when Michael Faraday had come up with this idea. Yeah, I, I found that very interesting, that, that that idea, this is not something that has happened in the last 50 years or so. This has been around for quite some time. So I guess the question is now, why has, has it taken to this point where we're starting to see this type of development? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, so I, I brush with an electric toothbrush every night. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I use a regular toothbrush in the morning. But, yeah, <laughs> but the, the so the inductive charging that's used in an electric toothbrush, I mean, that's for charging the toothbrush, is the same sort of technology that's being used today at a different level. But those were all available, you know, in the nineties. But right. we had our, you know, Nokia phones or flip phones that would last for two three days. And the battery wouldn't run out. But right. today, I see people checking their phone and complaining, oh, my battery's running out at 4 o'clock. <laughs> or salespeople who have extra chargers in their smartphones. But think about it. The smartphone has four or eight computing cores running full multimedia streaming. We are yeah. always checking Facebook or you know something really important. Watching like a that. video on YouTube, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so we are really using you know the, the the wireless internet so much more than we were back in 2005, and that's really drinking a lot of the juice. And so that's really brought you know this old technology or this old problem 
to the forefront. Yeah. And new solutions are coming out that are much more efficient, that are much more convenient. And if you think about it, these are, you know, they, the advantages of wireless charging are that there are protected connections. Sure. It's even safer for like medical implants. It's, um, there's a lot of durability because there are no sparks at the contact. And it's very convenient to use. It's very interesting because of the fact that uh, uh, you mentioned it's been around here for, for so, so long. You mentioned also that the, part of the problem is, is the fact that the current batteries that we use in our smartphones and in our tablets uh, are, are just not strong enough to be able to handle all of this this technology and, and the apps and, and the, the data that, that we like to consume now on a daily basis. Yeah, and this problem is becoming, there's a big, there's almost like an exponential gap. So you can think of our compute power and our demand for computation and communication on the phone increasing exponentially year by year. Uh, but the batteries are just increasing at a very linear or a gradual pace. Right. So in every 10 years, you know, it's at least four or six X more, you know, uh, uh, the gap is increased by that much more. And so we're, our batteries are not lasting now maybe for three quarters of the day then half the day yeah and so new battery tech uh, chemistries and technologies are coming out but you know we are fighting the laws of physics there the laws of like and even how much we can package into those systems how much heat transfer we can have you know that your hand shouldn't get too hot while you're holding the phone so is there a top end in terms of you know how strong a battery can be i mean obviously you know, we're starting to see with our smartphones, companies are making bigger smartphones to be able to handle a lot of this stuff or have the bigger screen so it's easier to watch. But is there a top end, at least at this point? There may be development in the next 20 years or so, but is there a point where you just have hit your capacity? So there's still a lot of room for batteries to grow, but it's also not just the supply problem of how much a battery can provide, yeah. but like companies like Samsung or Apple, uh, Motorola, uh, they, they all are really trying to also look at how we are using the power. So, so the communication protocols like Bluetooth has now has Bluetooth low energy, which consumes, you know, an order of magnitude less. Right. Um, are, the, the multimedia protocols we use, even the screens and how we interact with our phones, a lot of little tweaks here and there are low-hanging fruits in how we can actually consume less but not feel that we are, you know, just sipping the battery in that case. one eight four four wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If you'd like to join us in the conversation, I'm sure there are a few, pe few people out there, me being one, that would love to be able to ditch my charging cord uh, at some point. I haven't gotten yet to the idea uh, of using the recharging pad right now. Uh, maybe it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm used to having the charging cord with me, but how effective are these charging pads? So actually recently, quite amazingly, quite efficient. So that was actually a problem over the last two decades that was plaguing wireless charging and um, that the efficiencies were below 50%. That okay. means you put in one unit of power and half of it just gets wasted in heat or just gets dissipated. And, uh, so, and that's fine if you're charging like a five watt sort of phone system. But if you're charging like an electric car or you're trying to run sure. your, your kettle on that, you know, that's definitely not a way to go. Uh, but today, companies like White Tri-City have a 98.5 efficiency uh, in, you know, and they're using it for, you know, 
charging that's built in phones you can even just put your laptop on 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 the table with a mat on it and it'll charge your laptop sure and a lot of electric uh, vehicle companies are looking at you know contactless charging so you just park uh, you know in in a garage or in a parking spot yeah. and uh, is that kind of the maybe the area where we can see the development we need as we see more and more automobile companies try and develop battery technology so that they can have that alternative source of powering vehicles if, if we kind of get that realm going can can that be a benefit for for what we're talking about here definitely i think there's it's both they are learning you know packaging and chemistry <clears throat> sort of the science of that from you know what we are using in the smaller form factor consumer uh, durable devices yeah. and but the the like tesla motors and and the nissan leaf they have other issues of you know how do we make sure that it's safe that you know big they can't have big fat batteries that catch on fire Yeah. Uh, but they they also yeah. need rapid charging so they are charging at like hundreds of kilowatts uh you know per hour but because they want to rapidly charge your car say within 17 minutes you get 50% capacity sure so and there are there are some tests done like in korea for example where they have inductive charging on the road for buses Hmm. So um and uh, so while the bus is uh, traveling and it's it's at a height of about 12 cm so just off the surface of the road and it's able to charge the bus uh, actually up to about 80% in you know in an hour. Oh, so this is while the bus is running in you know downtown traffic and it's able to recharge itself. Yeah. And and <laughs> another sort of thing actually right in Philadelphia uh, SEPTA is doing a trial of electric uh, buses and where they will do rapid recharging at the end points of the of the bus of the line. So is it more important right now in terms of this technology to have it adapted by the consumer or is it more important to have it adapted by the retailers and the companies? to make it available like Starbucks has putting power pads in, in some of their locations is it more important to have that to have it kind of spread out over the community in comparison to just having it for yourself yeah so that i think we are reaching this point of inflection in the market where you know these are now getting standardized so when there are standards then it makes the technology more you know in terms of what the compliance should be and how it can interoperate Uh, with many devices so there are two major standard bodies that's the wireless power consortium and so this is a trade group that's promoting this technology called the chi uh, which is yeah. spelled as qi and so these consortium members include like lg philips samsung sony and you know all the major bigwigs and currently they have more than 500 chi compatible products available and these are at the 5 watt so really charging your phone or your sure, tablet yeah There's another competitor called the Power Matters Alliance, um, and uh, you know so, and this one uh, uh, looks at about the fifty-five to fifty watt sort of range, and so this is a competition and uses slightly different technology. But the point is that all these startups and these incumbent uh, technology companies are working together to form this ecosystem, and then they can compete on you know how they are better in both in the execution, the implementation. and small things matter over here like just putting a pad that's flat versus building a bucket that you can just throw on your remotes and your phones when you come sure. home and your or your game controllers uh, so now they're putting wireless charging in the double a cell battery right 
you huh. know so the big problem with rechargeable batteries was that you had to keep taking them out yeah, recharging them absolutely. putting them back and yeah. you lose them and you know put them put them in the old, in a totally different console to charge them up exactly so now the the same sort of resonant uh, inductive based charging the antennas are being placed on the AA batteries and so you can buy these inductive charging batteries and just put them in your you know Xbox uh, a uh, game controller or in your TV remote controller and then there's a nice little white plastic box that has these inductive chargers built in them and you can just throw your remote controllers and all your gadgets in that so that was a small change but but from the technology point of view it removed the orientation so it's orientation independent charging it would still charge your your system your devices very efficiently but you didn't have to place it in contact with the mat sure 1844 Wharton 18449427866 if you'd like to join us in the conversation and we have Nanda who is in Cleveland Ohio with a question Nanda welcome to knowledge at Wharton thank you for taking my question and thank you professor so my question is I myself as an electronic engineer I've been studying superconductivity back 15 years back and I know one of the issue is obviously that it's not as, you know, we haven't really cracked the puzzle on uh, about having a superconductor in the room temperature. And that, in fact, can solve this uh, charging problem or, you know, keeping the charge for a long time. Where is it right now? Uh, that's my question to the professor. And is that a track which a track of people that they are trying to look at superconductivity and try to solve this battery problem? So I think that that that's an excellent question and and specifically with uh, superconductivity I wouldn't be able to uh, answer that but I will I'll say that there are many alternative solutions both from you know so for example there's uh, in terms of the resonant inductive coupling there's a synchronized magnetic flux flux uh, phase coupling that is uh, you know using oscillating magnetic fields to more effectively send uh, the charge from you know one antenna across a magnetic electromagnetic field to the other and so this company like white tri city has uh, almost a, a, a 98.5% efficiency and their demonstrations you know they they sort of reflect back to like nikola tesla's kind of demonstrations back in the days uh, where they can power your tv system they can power you know all sort of uh, you know household systems um, electric kettles all you know through the system uh, through through the inductive approach of charging uh using you know today's sort of you know cmos uh, technology and not really uh, requiring specialized materials so i think that's one of the barriers that they were able to work with with current technology uh and to be able to sell it at you know at at much lower prices and in the correct form factors but yeah we are still hoping for the day when you know we can have room temperature superconductors that would definitely simplify and make the systems much more efficient. Nanda, do you find yourself being somebody like me that that is going to be cheering the day that that we have to get we can get rid of charging cords or are you already using wireless charging? <laughs> I would like to go for solar, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean ubiquitous charging, right? That's where we are going. Yes. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you very much for the question, Nanda in Cl- in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we're sp- we're speaking uh, we're speaking with uh, excuse me Rahul Mangaram who is in the uh, uh, 
the Engineering and Appliance, uh, Applied Science School here at, uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, it, it's funny because one of the articles that I saw, and everybody talks about how the iPhone, they always wait for the new iPhone. There's a, an article out about the potential that the new iPhone may have wireless charging in it. There's a picture of it that has a little slot at the top of the phone potentially for wireless charging. Apple already has, I believe, they they put in for a patent for wireless charging a couple of years ago. So if Apple has this capability, how big could this be for the smartphone industry? So very big. And I, I wouldn't say, like, Apple is the actually the leader in this because, you know, so Samsung among other manufacturers, already offers replacement okay. wireless charging backs for the Galaxy S4, S5, Note 3 phones. And the Google Nexus 7 tablet already includes built-in wireless charging. So it's really, in some sense, you know, Apple has to catch up because okay. uh, the, the power consumption problem is, you know, currently in the Android phones, they drain much faster uh, uh, than Apple because Apple owns the entire ecosystem. They can do a lot of these power sipping sort of optimizations through the entire stack okay. all the way till the software. But it's the same problem, right? People are still running out of charge by you know by uh, late afternoon. You mentioned about some of the, the the possible technology, and one of the things I I, I read it too is that uh, the, the possibility of basically building a box where you can put all of your electronic devices in, and I guess it would be wired such, basically all around the box, where all you have to do is just drop it in, leave it in for however long it would be, and your phone would or your device would basically be charged up and ready to go. Right, so those are already in the market, and okay. several of these companies, uh, you know, Power by Proxy, the PowerMat uh, sort of companies, they sell these boxes in this sort of... and. And they just look like, you know, something that you would place in your living room. Uh, how, how effective have they been so far? They, they have been very effective. Uh, but you can think of the market as, you know, we are in extremely early stages of the market because mm -hmm. the demand has only come up, say, since 2011. Yeah. A lot of these new companies have just been founded in the past two, three years uh, that, that are trying to get the right solution. But And there are alternate competitions like a company called U-Beam, which doesn't yeah. use electromagnetic uh, radiation to transfer the energy, but uses uh, ultrasonic, uh, you know, uh, longitudinal wave or sound wave transmissions, uh, which you cannot hear to transfer. And so, but they're also very early in the stage. The, it really, you know, it's up to the market what what the consumers are looking for and which companies can provide for. It's also up to the standardization organizations. Sort of like, you know, we are at this NTSC, Betamax uh, sort of competition. Sure. And even though Betamax was more, you know, a, a better technology, it didn't necessarily win. And so that's sort of, you see the story repeat with standardization where a better ecosystem, a better, you know, knowledge of what the consumer is looking for um, and so in that sense, you can see Apple is playing somewhat of a catch-up game. But, you know, now our catch-up is sort of a six months <laughs> or a one year. It's not a, you know, five-year lag behind the competitors. It, it almost seems like that, that Samsung, with their Android system, even though you say they're you know, out in front, they are even playing catch-up in some respects. Yeah, I mean, so this is, you know, this is such a rapidly evolving market with more than, like, you know, a billion apps out there and... 
and I think that's the beauty of the system that you know the the app uh, system that it lowers the bar for entry for new businesses. Even someone sitting in their basement can come up with a new idea and start mm-hmm. making you know. Um, so this is sort of it has really democratized how people can use the technology, but it has sped up you know our expectations right. so much. One eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If you'd like to ask a question of Professor Mangaram here uh, joining us in the studio, our Knowledge at Wharton show right here on Sirius XM uh, one eleven. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, about how this is kind of all involved, but from a cost perspective. Are a lot of these technologies really suitable for the average consumer right now in terms of the pricing? Like the the charging mat might be, but the box that you were speaking about in terms of putting your phones in, are they really susceptible to being overpriced right now because of the fact that the technology is, in in your respect, still kind of new and, and kind of building at this point? I mean, at this point, it's really like the early adopters and also adopters like, you know, like your Starbucks or, you know, cafes that are really introducing this as a way to, as a win-win for both the customers and the technology providers. Bring more people in. Right. I mean, cafes have changed from, you know, the relaxed atmosphere that you want as a second home that Starbucks was intended to be. And now it's like a big workplace, you know, for people who who really need a second office. (laughs) When they need an hour to get away from their office yeah but but sort of going back to your question you know these power mats would be in the you know in the sub hundred dollar range uh, you know and they could charge three uh you know of these or, or, or a little bucket would also be in the if you think about it the technology here these chips are being sold for you know uh, less than a dollar for the you know transmitter and receiver by right. companies like texas instruments but really the integration is 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 you know quite there's somewhat of this analog system magic of how these um, antennas are designed, but the overall bill of materials or the cost of making these is not incredibly high. Right. Uh, and with the standardization, you know, the each of the the sub components are really built by commercial vendors. Right. And then you would just see like you know um, sort of gray labeling, white labeling by other companies. So really, I guess at this point, we, with the the price of, of a lot of uh, the components and such being so reasonable, and obviously you have the markup with, with the companies, at some point as this develops and more and more people have that drive, have that consumption need to have a power pad or, or that box, we'll see the prices come down even further on this. Definitely, but but you can think about 2014, 2015 as really like the extremely active years of where a lot of these technologies, these companies, these standards are duking it out in the marketplace. Sure, yeah. And, you know, it's not yet that, you know, with the iPhone 5, people have this demand or with the current sort of, you know, uh, HTC, Android phones, etc. Right. The smart, it's, it's, it's just entering the smartphone realm. And so we're really going to see a lot of activity in Q4 and then going all the way into 2015 where the consumers are going to make the choices and yeah. and we're going beyond the early adopters. Uh, with with the way that people like to have things at times as easy as possible, it seems like the, that once there is more knowledge about wireless charging in the next, as you said, next couple of years, we're going to really see the potential for this to take off. Right. And I think just to mention one point that this is actually incredibly safe, I mean, okay. especially at the power levels that we're working at. 
the transmission here from you know from the match to the phone or from or charging even the, like your remote controls or even playing your your TV powering your t- television set um is across a electromagnetic field and in many cases just a magnetic field and yeah. that's that doesn't shock anybody that you know we don't conduct a magnetic field with our body so it's uh, you can think of it as a very safe technology you're listening to Knowledge at Warden here on Sirius XM 111. Dan Loney speaking with Rahul Mankaram, who is a professor here in the School of Engineering and Applied Science. And we're speaking about some of the technologies that are out there, wireless charging technologies that are out there on the market right now to hopefully do away with uh, with cords and uh, charging cords here uh, in the next uh, next few years. In terms of of having them, you mentioned that they're fairly safe. Are there any drawbacks to, to the wireless technologies? Yeah, definitely there are. I mean, so efficiency has still been plaguing, you know, this sort of system. Uh the other drawbacks are just that, you know, you have a lot of the technologies today require to have a contact between say the pad and the charger. And so I think those are just the two major drawbacks in terms of uh so it's 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 the the safety aspect is something that has to be regulated mm-hmm. so for example like i mentioned the wireless power consortium with the chi uh, standard yeah um so they um, so they are regulated they they reg- make sure that the devices are operating below 5 watts uh, and so think about what 5 watts means right your your cell phone is transmitting at about you know quarter of a watt to maybe 1 <laughs> watt and and that has a risk because it's so close to your head sure so here this 5 watts is really within the antenna but the transmission is not like your cell phone which is a radio signal it's a magnetic uh, electromagnetic signal but they still keep a cap on that because they do not want to provide any sort of risk of you know leakage from the antenna yeah i was going to ask you if if there needed to be even further kind of investigation or or a look into this because of the fact as you mentioned the difference between what your smartphone would be producing and what we're talking about that's from a quarter to 5 is 20 times what it would it would be right. that's that's a that's a big an adjustment right but take it into perspective right so think of your am or this fm radio signal sure. uh that that operates at about 10000 to 20000 watts come emanating from an antenna yeah and but we are receiving few milliwatts in our radio receiver because a lot of all that energy is basically emanated and lost uh, you know in the transmission through the propagation system so uh, but in this case we are only re- we need just a little bit of energy to decipher what the bits are right. from the signal now take the next level like your your cell towers they operate at about 50 to 60 watts but your cell phone operates between quarter to maximum of a 2 watt yeah. system and then your microwaves now you know so they are using that to actually you know physically transform you know like your 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 pizza over there yeah. and so they operate at about 1000 watts to about 2000 watts but they are doing power transfer literally into um, into your food into your food so so these are you know so coming from the tv uh, radio towers um to some sort of induction pad over here we are actually being bombarded with you know very different magnitudes of energy right. so what matters is first of all you know how close is the transmitting antenna 
to our our person right to our body right uh, and the second thing is really what frequency it's operating at because our body really absorbs certain frequencies much more efficiently like the 2.4 gigahertz that runs a lot of our wi-fi our sure, microwaves yeah, yeah. um and so these uh, sort of inductive charging systems operate at a very high frequency and um, they are also sort of very like almost like you know semi contact based systems so mm. operating no more than about you know uh, 12 15 centimeters or or couple of inches away from you know the the base sure so so safety is definitely you know one of the priority things and you see with all these companies they have the safety disclaimer uh, right up there yeah right? and yeah but just like with a lot of the new technologies we have to take care that you know a, a lot of these problems only show up after some time so a lot of more you know investigation you know from the healthcare perspective will be necessary and there are a couple of standards you know that that have uh, and a couple of in guidelines for yeah. this inductive charging that have been published that these standards are adopting and they are following these guidelines and they are international guidelines on limiting the effective uh, radiated power or the EIRP from yeah. these antennas great thank you for coming in lots of great information for more business news and analysis from knowledge at wharton please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu